This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Dirt, an audio drama, is a production of Studio 5705. Chapter 4. Text Mel. Hi, Mel. I'm going to stay here tonight. I'm pretty wiped out, and driving this late at night feels like a bad idea. So, right now, my plan is to be back sometime tomorrow morning. I'll text you when I'm on my way. If you need anything and I don't answer my phone, just text. Even if I don't respond right away, I'll get it. Thanks, Mel. Talk soon. Text Trudy. Hey, Trudy. Thanks for emailing the spreadsheet. I took a quick look and everything looks great, except for column F. Just feels like we might be underestimating our field expenses, especially with the staff AUG placements over the last six months. Jingwei can help out if you need all the records. Otherwise, this is looking really good for Friday. I'll be out of the office again a bit tomorrow, but I'll monitor my inbox. Thanks again, Trudy. Ah, autocorrect. Jingwei, not Subway. Text Deshaun. Hey, Deshaun. Okay, let's go with yes to extending speaker invites to Boris and Lauren. But I think hold off on Jerry Stoll for now. He's headlined a few conferences already this year. Also, I know I usually write my own keynotes, but it'd be good to go ahead and get a writer going. I don't want to hold things up. Avery might be good for this. Let me know what you think. Thanks, Deshaun. Whoop. <laughs> Text Angela. <clears throat> Angela. Good to hear we can speed up the timetable for the next round. And yes, if you can reach out to the client for me, I would appreciate it. 
and I'm sorry about our blow-up too. Just keep pushing the team to do good work. But make sure they feel supported, okay? This will be a great account if we land it. Looks like I'll be out a bit tomorrow still, but I'll check in later in the day. Thanks, Angela. Call Kim. Hi. Whoa. You sound pretty chipper for this late at night. Well, the kids are asleep. Kenji too, I think. So this is when Mom gets her second wind to do her stuff. <laughs> are you at the farm? I am. Everyone's in bed now. I'm calling you from my car out in front of the house, so I don't make a lot of noise. I told them I needed to do some work before going to sleep. It's been quite the day. I catch her up on the news from here. What's changed, what hasn't. Kim spent a summer living and working on the farm when she was young, too. Then I tell her about finding Antonia's license in the crosswalk, after almost getting plastered by a car. Wait, that was you? Huh? Do you know there's a viral video going around? You mean, I know who the costume jaywalker is and no one else does? Well, Mel knows. So, just the two of you, I guess. I hope? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Joseph. I don't mean to. <laughs> I just... I just... The part where you put your eyebrow back on. <laughs> Are you done yet? When she is done, I tell her that I came here immediately after finding the license to try to sort some things out. Kim took a photo of the letter when I was visiting her, so she knows its contents pretty well by now. She asks if I think there's any connection to the Flores family and the parts of the letter that talk about begin your search where flowers grow and what blossoms in the east is bliss. I mean, flores basically translates to flowers. So it seems to me the letter is saying I'm supposed to find something here. Something that begins some kind of search. But how I got the license, or maybe who made sure I found it. Yeah, yeah, that's weird, Joseph. Seems way too coincidental. Mm-hmm. The father who's mentioned in the letter... What does it say? Hold on, I'm pulling it up. Okay. Familiar yet the father knows, not what the gift to grant to you, until you ask where we first sowed. I'm thinking the father refers to Salvador. Salvador. <laughs> I got a feeling I'll find out for sure in the morning. Salvador dropped a pretty big bomb tonight before they went to bed. I was in my car about to leave, and then he shouted that he knew that Imo sent me here. Um, what? Yeah. And I hadn't said anything about the letter up to that point. Salvador brought it up himself. It, it was almost like he was waiting for me to say something first. And when I didn't, he did. Whoa. And now, I mean, 
if I'm in the right place and this letter is real, then I guess that Salvador has something for me here. Something he doesn't even know about yet. Hmm. Who do you think the we refers to? My guess is Imo and Ernesto. Right. Salvador's father. Jeez. That is wild. <laughs> and then everyone went to bed just like that? <laughs> I know. Salvador said it was too much to get into. And we talked about it in the morning. Man, the plot really thickens. <laughs> is that going to be your catchphrase in all of this? The plot thickens? <laughs> it might be. You'll have to stay tuned, I guess. <sighs> I should get some sleep. Okay. Oh, but wait. Before you do, I wanted to tell you a couple things. First, I rewatched the reels that we looked at together. I wasn't ready to accept the whole saying something cryptic to the camera thing when you first brought it up, but I'm on the conspiracy train now. <laughs> I figured you would be. Right. So, in those moments, right after Imo finds something with his beeper, I'm almost 100% sure he's saying the same phrase each time, even though he's at different locations. Huh. Any guesses what it is? Not yet. I took some close-up videos of a few of them. I sent you a link. Take a look. Maybe you'll have better luck. Nice. Thanks for doing that. Sure. But also, I have a friend down here who works at a startup. It's kind of a think tank where they work on a bunch of new stuff, AI, things like that. Anyway, one of the things they developed is a lip-reading app. Oh, yeah. I've heard of that. I saw an article about it. The software is supposed to be something like 90% accurate now. Right. So I could send her the same videos I sent you. Maybe she can run a test on them. I mean, if you're okay with that, this is kind of your show here. Might as well. Maybe just don't give a lot of details? <sighs> okay. I'll let you get to sleep. Hey, do you want to hear the crickets? Oh, I miss that. Mostly just sirens and helicopters down here. This is all so crazy, little brother. Yeah. Crazy is a good word for it. Oh, but Joe, one more thing. Yeah? Be more careful in crosswalks. Oh, right. I'll try to remember that. This time, the man and the woman speak even more of their strange language. I hear him say, Lopetame senyalkin, kun oleme sanet, kormekumenta lota. His wife nods. 
Somehow I know they're talking about the number of fish they hope to catch that day. She serves him a breakfast of rye bread with butter and jam. When they're done eating, he turns to work on the engine. Then he lights his pipe and he stares ahead at the sea and blows blue smoke into the salty air. This time, I see it first. The small canoe is behind us now, bobbing on tiny waves. The woman hasn't noticed it yet. It's close enough to the stern of the trawler that I can see something inside of it, but I can't make out what it is. I cry out to the man and his wife in words that sound like their language, but they don't hear me. I call out once more to turn the boat around, but my words are muffled and foreign. I call out again and again, but the man and the woman stare out at the sea in the opposite direction. When I turn back to look at the canoe, it's gone. Buenos dias, Joey. Good morning. Did you sleep okay? I wish I could say yes. I stayed up late thinking about everything and viewing as much costumed jaywalker footage as I could find. I'm not sure I slept more than a couple of hours. Maria has scrambled eggs and bacon on my plate and coffee in my cup before I can even think about refusing. She tells me that Salvador is outside working, but he wants to know when I'm awake. It's only 7.30, but I know the day gets going much, much earlier than that around here. I'm so glad you stayed overnight. Mm. Mm-hmm. The thought of you driving so far in the dark like that, I don't like it. It's not a bad drive. Plus, it's almost all freeway. Lots of streetlights. Well, all the same. We have you a little longer. <laughs> yeah. I just texted Salvador. He should be here in a few minutes. Thank you, Mrs. Flores. It's nice to have breakfast here again. It's delicious, like always. Ah. Uh, <laughs> you know, seeing you in the door last night when you got here, it was such a surprise. But in some ways, it wasn't a surprise at all. I always figured someday, someday you would come see us. Salvador feels that way, too. Although, I know it's not really your kind of life here. It's a long way from all the stuff you do. This place will always mean a lot to me, Mrs. Flores. Oh, Joey, I'm glad you think so. We saw you on TV a few months ago. <laughs> oh, yeah? We were just clicking through all the channels and you were on some news show. I forget what it was. But there you were, talking about your company. Yeah. I have to do that more often these days. Seeing you on TV, you were so far from the world that we knew you in. But we were so proud of you. We are so proud of you. 
I mean, look at you. You're doing so well. You know, I learned a lot of things here. Right here. Like what it means to work hard and care about others. You and Mr. Flores taught me a lot about those things. No matter what's happened, I've never forgotten what I learned here. Okay, Salvador says for both of us to come to the Blue Barn when you're done eating. He says Antonia is with him. I think he has something he wants to show you. But you don't have to carry. Do you want some more? No. This is plenty. Thank you. So, does Antonia live alone here? On the farm? Has she always? I try not to sound too curious when I ask. Like asking how many farmhands work year-round. Or when they last paved Kay's road. No, not always. Yes, she lives alone now. In her own house a short walk from here. She's with us most nights for dinner, and she's very involved with everything here on the farm. We couldn't do it without her. But she was married, you know, for a short time. Oh, no. I didn't know that. Her husband didn't come back from Afghanistan. He wasn't even in combat. He was on his way to another station, and his helicopter crashed. It was very sad. So they didn't have children? Well, they were going to start a family after his deployment. It has been very hard for her. But she has a lot of life to live still. For now, her home is here on the farm. It seems to be what she wants. I see. Thanks for supporting the Fable and Folly Network. Here's another show we know you'll love. Every day in the nice little Canadian town of Beaver Mount, Ontario is pretty much the same. Folks are polite, there's a hockey game that evening, and someone gets brutally murdered. Sorry About the Murder, a very Canadian murder mystery podcast. New episodes weekly. Listen to season one now by typing Sorry About the Murder into your favorite podcast app. Ah, ben look! Maria and I walk behind the farmhouse and down a trail that goes past the chicken coop I used to clean and collect eggs from. The air is cold being so early in the day still, and there's hardly a cloud in the sky. A few farm workers are running equipment somewhere far away, probably making preparations for winter. A month or two ago, the farm would have been a cacophony of harvesting activity. Maria says starting next year it'll be busy all the way through October, due to the galactic crunches. After a few minutes, we arrive at the Blue Barn. It looks the same as I remember basically a storage shed for tools and equipment. Salvador and Antonia are standing outside the barn, talking. Ah, uh, there's our big city guest. Y buenos días a ti, corazón. Hola, mi vida. 
Good morning, Mr. Flores. Hello, Antonia. Good morning, Joseph. Hello, Mama. I know you need to get going soon, and I know we have some unfinished conversation. But first, there's something I want to show you. Instead of entering the nearby open doors, Salvador walks us around the back to where a newer addition was added. It looks more like a garage, with steel siding and roofing. When we're all looking, he pulls up the metal door and says, Nice, huh? Oh, the blue thing is still on. Ah, I asked Jorge to take that off. One moment, please. I steal a quick glance at Antonia. She's wearing a long down coat with black rubber boots. Her thick black hair is tied up in a bun, with a few strands falling down across her forehead. Okay, now look. When I look back at the garage, Whoa. I can hardly believe my eyes. Nice, huh? Huh? You like it? It looks so nice. It's a 1948 International Harvester Farmall, Model A. That's amazing. I know, isn't it? As he walks back toward us, Salvador's demeanor changes, like he has some serious news to share. <clears throat> Joseph, you're all grown up now. I mean, pretty soon you're going to be middle age. <laughs> Salvador! <laughs> you too, Antonia. <laughs> Gracias por esto, papá. But you, Maria, you are ageless. <laughs> the point is, Joseph, you're about the age that Aimo and Ernesto were when they founded the farm. And this... He proudly points at the tractor with some flair. This is the very first tractor they used here. Whoa. So, it's finally all done? It is. Fully restored with... Well, mostly all original parts. And some cheating in places. But I'm not saying where. Can we take a closer look? It's incredible. How long did it take to restore and repaint it? Well, Antonia here sourced all the parts and hired the mechanics. Three years, three months, and about seven days. I send her a quick, I'm impressed, glance. Where was this hiding years ago? When I was here? In fact, it was hiding. We found it on its side up the hill from here, just across the property line. We figure somebody must have left it there when it wasn't needed anymore. It was half buried in a wash. Its final resting place, I guess. We compare its serial number to farm workers. So... We know it's a one. Huh. I just knew we have to bring it back to life. Not only because everybody loves old tractors. He means he loves old tractors. But because of what it represents. And I guess what this farm represents. The chamber people said they may want to put it in display on their building with a plaque on it. But I don't know. He wants to keep it. We don't have much use for it. He just likes looking at it. I do? You do. Does it run? Donita? It sounds just like an old tractor should, even when restored. 
When I realize I've been staring at Antonia with my mouth open for too long, I quickly turn away. Salvador and Maria are watching her too. I pretend to look around the rest of the garage. It's full of tools, metal parts, hoses, rags, cardboard boxes. A truly used workspace. But something catches my eye near the back wall. Something I've seen before. I blink twice to make sure it's what I think it is. Joey, what is it? Is there something here for you, Joseph? Salvador, I mean, Mr. Flores, I have a question for you. Okay, Joseph, I've been waiting for it. I know what this is. Does anybody use it? Is that your question? Sorry. I mean, does it belong to anybody? Not that I know of. It's been laying around the farm for years. As you can tell, we don't toss much out here. So no, as far as I know, it doesn't belong to anybody. Mr. Flores. I turn to Salvador, and he seems to be waiting eagerly. In fact, all three of them are, as if my entire visit is coming down to this moment. Mr. Flores, would you show me where Imo and Ernesto planted their very first tree? Yes, I know right where it is. Do you want to go there now? I do. One more thing. Would you mind if I bring this with us? Not at all. My hand shakes as I reach out and touch, for the first time in my life, something I've only ever seen in Imo and Vivian's home movies. A thing that may have belonged to Imo himself. A thing that might be inextricably tied to the mystery I'm trying to solve. A White's Electronics Coin Master 4 Metal Detector. Dirt, an audio drama, is presented by Studio 5705 and is written, directed, and produced by me, Chris Cayella. This chapter features the voice talents of Jeannie Leslie as Kim, Anna Noval as Maria, Jonathan Fuentes as Salvador, and Megan Morales as Antonia. I play the part of Joseph. A very special thank you goes out to Casey Parr, 
who supplied the recording of his treasured Farmall A tractor for this chapter. For more information about Dirt, an audio drama, please visit dirtaudiodrama.com. If you like what you hear, please rate and review us on your favorite podcast app or platform. And please, spread the word. Thank you very much for listening. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Well, hello there. Dr. Charlie Tuckett here. You know, rumor was Spaceship Oz-9 was intended to take a bunch of rich folks to a new planet since, uh, you know, we pretty much uh, used up the one we have now. But, you know, since it's uh, looking more and more likely the ship might uh, be humanity's last stand, let's take a quick look around. Are you telling me the four sacred tokens are all aboard the Oz-9? Remind me again why we're doing this? Allegiances are too muddled on this ship. MCCACEC is a normal institution of higher learning. Ah, but if you pull back the outermost layers... I'm from Minnesota, where we like our lives as neat and as open as the inside of a freshly caught and cleaned walleye. Do you know, I am now the only assassin aboard the ship. What are you doing alive? I want to know what side he's on when the ship hits the fan. Are they the most ridiculous people I've ever met? Uh, fetch that annoying bunch of trespassers so we can bring Pluto to heal. The new order starts today. Well, however this all plays out, if you have a strong stomach and a high tolerance for stupid, you can follow the Oz 9's adventures just about anywhere you listen to podcasts. I got a trot, space monkeys. Stay safe out there.